0: Good morning. It's Thursday, May 21st, 2015. Boy, this is a big day for me. It's a double Tech Snap today. Uh, we're recording two episodes of TechSnap. It blows my mind. I'm going to have more about some schedule stuff coming up towards the end of the show. But we've got to get right into the news. Big stuff going on today and uh, some big revelations that have come out uh, from The Intercept. And I want to tear right into some of that stuff. And then towards the end of the show... We're going to do a pretty big arc. We're going to go from spy stuff to file system corruption to game streaming to something that is a Kickstarter that is not safe for work. You have a little while before we get there, so stick with me. You don't have to bail yet. Towards the end of the show, though, it's a little NSFW. I mean, nothing really out of the ordinary, really, but I'll tell you more about that later. So first, let's get to the hardcore news. Oof, I don't know if I should use that so close to the NSFW thing. And welcome to Mumble Room. Time-appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. (laughs)
1: Good. Hello. Good morning, guys. Hello. Morning. All right. Good morning.
0: Hello. Buckle up, because this first uh, story is a big one. Uh, it's all over the news right now. I have the uh, source article from the Intercept linked in the show notes, but I wanted to cover uh, it from the Canadian perspective because they have some great audio up first this morning that we're going to play in the store, but essentially uh, play in the show here. But essentially, the NSA and also the the Canadian spy agency equivalency have wanted to compromise Google Play Store and Samsung's app stores in order to install malware on users' computers so they could spy on them, and this story has the details.
2: This is the latest revelation from spy agency documents that were leaked by the former U.S. security contractor Edward Snowden. Now, Canada's electronic spy agency and the NSA in the U.S., and counterparts in Australia, New Zealand, and the U.K., Just a few years ago, we're trying to find ways to hack into people's mobile phones to track them, even install spyware. The documents show that at a series of conferences, the spy agencies developed a team to target servers used by people with Samsung and Android devices, servers where people can buy and download apps. The intelligence agencies were looking for vulnerabilities to be able to sneak in and install implants. Well, what was particularly striking was to see some of the biggest names in technology in the mobile world being the target, the Samsungs and apples of the world that millions and millions of, of consumers and the public rely upon on a daily basis and to think that they themselves, in a sense, those tech companies are potentially targets, uh, I think would leave many be surprised and, and a bit concerned given how reliant we are on some of those companies to secure our information and for a whole range of purposes, whether it's personal communications or commerce uh, and the like. These documents also reveal that spy agencies for years have been exploiting a weakness in a popular mobile phone app. UC Browser boasts about half a billion users worldwide, mostly in China, India, and Indonesia. The software leaks all sorts of data, SIM card information, even a user's location. Well, CBC contacted the company last week. It appears those leaks were unintentional. The company has since <laughs> patched the software... They're now encouraging users to upgrade to a newer, oh, more sure. secure version yeah. of their
0: browser. Yeah, like not another, not
2: the. As for a Canada's browser, electronic <laughs> spy agency, officials wouldn't answer questions about the extent of their mobile phone hacking program, only to say it's part of their mandate to collect foreign intelligence, never directed at Canadians no. without a warrant. Dave Seglin, CBC News,
0: Toronto. Of course, that's why the U.S. and Canada wanted to work together. Probably, so they could spy on each other's citizens. So this is egregious. Of course, uh, the National Security Agency is also involved. It's not just Canada, although we do love to blame Canada, don't we? Uh, and like they said in the uh, uh, in the uh, in the piece, there, this project was launched a while ago, uh, and it includes spies from each of the countries in the Five Eyes Alliance: the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Australia. All wanted to work together to compromise Google Play Store and... (laughs) I just I'm just I'm it feels like they are attacking their own companies they're attacking their own people it feels like they're going after their own industry the very and like the thing that drives me crazy about this is what what other industries do we really have that are so successful and then we're going after these industries like this it just I guess maybe I'm I'm not too surprised but I sure am disappointed mumble room do you guys have any thoughts when you hear this when when you hear they're trying to target Samsung users specifically does that give you pause when you start to see a manufacturer become really dominant in the space, and then all of a sudden you have to worry that now they're a target? Does that bother you? Uh,
3: um, Does it bother me? I don't think it really bothers in the sense that, I mean, this is expected. What is worst is that uh, these messages coming out mostly as, hey, they're targeting these companies when we clearly know that a lot of times this is just the outside message. Internally, it's expected and even talked with. I mean, the, for example, the United States has this group called Crawl, which actually is, is an investor to big corporations, and it's part of the national security strategy of the United States to just buy uh, shares and to have influence of uh, big technological companies that are not based in U.S., Right. So it's not a surprise to me that they will target. But the word targeting seems to me actually more of a political thing, so that the companies don't look bad in mm. the public's eyes. Ooh, so that's... they are targeting Samsung. That's some seven-layer dip blah, blah, blah. right there. Yeah, co- I like that. But they cooperate. They cooperate. Ah. Targeting wording is just for the public. Corky, are the U.S. companies
0: trapped, or are they cooperating intentionally? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, in the system the NSA can do whatever they want because it's all behind closed doors and US companies still have to comply. But It doesn't mean that they haven't got a choice. Mm. Um, There are companies taking up the stance that they're going to publish reports on how many times they're told to give over people's data such as Reddit. They publish the data on how many things they've given out about user accounts and Google can do stuff to be more transparent to prove that they're forcing them to do it hmm
3: there's this, there is only one thing that i would find to be plausible when when it comes to targeting is that sometimes you don't want the companies because like yahoo for example that fought in the court um tried to not have to disclose to the right, client's right. information right in such cases, by you telling the company, give me this, you kind of have to explain. And sometimes this is not useful because they are—they have other intentions which go beyond the scope of shareability with a company. Right. So in those scenarios, I can see a legitimate target. But even then, cooperation seems to be the dominant position.
0: And then I think one thing just to touch on before I wrap up this segment is the other thing that really bothers me about this is whenever you kind of crack away at this kind of stuff and find uh, – so say they did find a way to somehow compromise the Play Store, maybe via the client device or somehow even maybe some sort of amazing exploit on the server uh, or some man-in-the-middle attack. I mean, after all, this is the NSA. Where this is the five eyes we're talking about. They have infrastructure access. Let's say they did this. When you open a crack and do something like that, you are – by its very nature, not, and, and you are not disclosing that to Google. You are not telling that to Samsung. You are not whoever you're trying to compromise. That leaves them in a position for somebody else to take advantage of that same flaw. And that puts all of their customers at danger. That is truly fundamentally what puts our national security at risk. That is expo- not helping these companies fix these massive vulnerabilities that would allow somebody to take advantage of something like this. If they can do it, then somebody else could do it. And, 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 and that is truly the danger. And a, after all of this, when you zoom out, that's what bugs me about this stuff. This is where I kind of get my, 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 on my soapbox a little bit is because we're, we're, the, the, the real discussion we should be having is why are we essentially attacking U.S. companies and exploiting vulnerabilities instead of why isn't the U.S. government working with these companies to fix their stuff and make it better and not exploit it? Uh, anyways, soapbox over. Uh, it, it's an interesting discussion and there is um, some stories in TechSnap. Roundup today that are, are go, go on about how the US government is handling zero day vulnerabilities and disclosing them and how they want to apply export restrictions to them. So, some, some more follow up in today's tech snap. But I just wanted to cover that because that story was breaking this morning. As we went on air, something else that's been breaking over the last couple of days are extended four file systems. This just really gets me. Uh, Linux 4.0 has a file system corruption problem if you're using Extended 4 and RAID 0. Uh, for the And this is ironic because I just set up a new computer with... Extended 4 and RAID 0 for my Steam games. Uh, for the past few days, kernel developers and Linux users have been investigating an Extended 4 file system corruption issue affecting the latest stable kernel series 4.0. Now, it is actually fixed in 4.04. Uh, and the current development code, Linux 4.1, so it was in there as well. It turns out that Linux users running the Extended 4 file system on a RAID 0 configuration can easily destroy their file system with this newest stable kernel release. The cause and fix have materialized, uh, but necessarily are not necessarily made their way out to end users yet. So be careful before you go to extended four. Uh, before you go to uh, kernel four if you're using extended four and RAID zero, make sure you go to kernel four o four, which was not found. <laughs> I to, get it.
3: To be fair, to be fair, kernel four didn't reach users yet too. So yeah, yep.
0: This wasn't a widely distributed uh, problem. I I think I I don't know what I have on my machine upstairs, but it's a RAID zero. I didn't lose any data, but <clears throat> after the recent butter FS. Hard lockup issue that prevented some people from able to boot their machines, and now this issue? People are starting to talk a little bit. I've been noticing it in the comments. And, and by the way, I, I, really kind of ridiculously, one of the recommendations to avoid this problem if you uh, can't wait for the fix was to switch your file system over to ButterFS. Now, <laughs> no. it was just Definitely a couple of not. kernel releases where ButterFS had the hard lockup bug. This is a joke. I mean, I know I don't need to keep ranting about this, but it really is. The, the state of Linux file systems, not awesome. It's not awesome. And come on, I got to go on TechSnap later today. And you know Alan's going to put that in the roundup. And what am I going to say?
3: Oh, what you can say is that, look, I think EXT4 was needing a little bit publicity, so they just made this thing happen. I mean, but no? it
0: is seriously. Alan's going to give me a look like, really? This is, this is your you, production you, system?
3: How long were we uh, were we without an issue being discovered in the file system? It's good yeah. that it was found. I mean, the rate, on the other hand, we can always say, when we look at VSD, how many changes per hour do you have? It's like, it seems like seven to eight changes per hour in the Linux kernel. Found yeah. gonna happen. And uh... It was fixed already.
0: I'll Sorry, say, I guess I
3: I'll,
0: I'll, I'll guess I could say to Alan, I could say... Who knows? No, I think what I need to have happen is I need a major bug in ZFS. I need, like, some, like, mate I need, like, the FreeBSD... I don't want anything bad to happen to people, but you need something to happen with ZFS, and so far, they just keep batting 100. It sucks.
1: Well, that's because I guess- this, this kernel never reached the major distros, right, right, whereas right. FreeBSD is just a three system. It's got its current stable and release and these bugs do happen in current and these b- bugs also happen in the linux kernel first point releases after each major kernel release right it happens but right. what was this 2 weeks old before it's been fixed yeah but it's you not know not that long
0: no and really nobody in their right mind is deploying a important server installation uh, with a kernel that hasn't been out in production for a little while. Like, nobody does that. So it's not a – right. It, it didn't really make it out to users at all. But I'm still – you know I'm still going to get a ribbing from the FreeBSD guy. I'm still going to get a ribbing. Uh, I thought this is interesting. YouTube is giving Twitch quite the ribbing. Uh, they are rolling out 60 frames per second live streaming support and HTML5 playback for the live stream. Now, don't get too excited, uh Hippies, it's still H.264 in that HTML5 video playback. Um, The HTML5 player will not not only save you some CPU and battery life if you're on a mobile device, but it's also going to enable variable speed playback. Allowing users to skip back in a live stream while it's still live. And then to also watch at 1.5x and 2x speed to catch back up. That's crazy cool. Uh, Because, you know, like maybe you want to catch all the pre-show stuff, but you don't want to. I just think that's a neat feature. Uh, There's also Word uh, that uh, YouTube is still working heavily on their latency. And this is a killer for me. Right now, when I say, if I like say I ring a bell, right? So I go... If I was on YouTube Live, it would take you anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds before you actually heard that bell ring. There is a major delay. Well, I interact with the chat room while I'm doing this show right now. I'm reading the chat room. I'm responding to the chat room. I couldn't imagine them being a minute behind. They're like 7 to 20 seconds behind right now, and that is murder. 60 frames per second is obviously aimed right at gamers, right at Twitch, uh, and they are – Very hard trying to become a legitimate streaming platform. For most content creators, it's going to be great. For some, YouTube is not a viable platform, but they're getting better and better. YouTube is going to be like cable TV one day, and only other people will be able to broadcast. It's pretty neat. 60 frames per second, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Our buddy Chase from Unfilter, he does all his, I think... I, th- I think he does all his streaming using sixty frames per second, and I said, Chase, why are you? Why are you, you're just doing talking head shows, playing some Minecraft? Why are you doing sixty frames per second? Uh, and he, he, you know, I was like, Well, just watch. Tell me if you notice a difference. And it really looks smoother. Uh, just arm movement looks smoother. But when he goes to show something on screen and he's scrolling the web page and all that stuff, it looks better at sixty frames per second. So uh, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if down the road. We don't see 60 frames per second coming more and more standard for web video, at least for stuff that shows computer screens. Um, Something else that's kind of the standard on streaming video, Netflix. Netflix has a big update rolling out, a more immersive interface starting in June, and I've just started the new Daredevil series. I'm like two episodes in, and I'm just so impressed with Netflix now. I mean, they're probably my biggest competition From like your from your time standpoint, if you're at home and listening, you're probably well, you know, listening to some Jupiter Broadcasting or Netflix. Uh, so I mean, I, I hate them from that standpoint, the bastards. But I love them from a content standpoint. Uh, so uh, Netflix confirms today they'll route a new user interface on the web for all users worldwide beginning next month. Uh, you're going to start seeing it uh, for some of you if you were like, in like, depending on where your account is slotted in their rollout period. The interface, which was previously demonstrated at CES and Mobile World Congress, brings the design of Netflix's website more in line with what users see today on phones, tablets, gaming consoles, and other streaming media players like Roku. Okay. Okay, Netflix, just don't screw it up. Uh, you know what I want? I want a Netflix API. I want, Amen. yeah, right, and then then just let people build like, oh man, how cool would it be if you could integrate Netflix like at an API level into like Kodi or Plex? Oh man, hmm. uh, they'd never do it though. They'd never do it, but because uh, I'm not so sure my... I'm hot on that. I'm not so sure. No, on that was not... <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be a, a bit of a bomb, but we'll see. I I whenever you try to bring the mobile web mobile UIs to uh, the web, it usually makes me cringe a little bit. So, okay, this is your uh, NSFW warning right here. Yeah, yeah, this is it right here. We're going to do a kickstarter of the week that is not exactly safe for work. So, if you don't want to if you don't want to if you don't want to get embarrassed, you is a chance to leave. I'm clearing the air right now. Last chance. Okay. So this week's Kickstarter of the week only has 27 backers. We're getting in at a really early stage. I think this thing's going to go big, really, really big. Uh, It currently has $1,209 usd backed dollars uh, with a goal of $41,196. So 31 days to go, only $1,000 raised at a goal of $41,000. And it's called the NPT Lucid Dreamer. And uh, it is an elegant solution that
4: only works for men. Uh, and I'll let the video explain more. Hello, my name is Pee Wee. As you can probably tell, I represent the male genitalia in a simplified, rounded tube form. I want to talk to you about lucid dreaming and how I can actually make that happen. Don't believe me? <laughs> well, listen to this. You might not know this, but when you fall asleep for the night... I don't actually sleep the entire night like you do. Did you know that? You see, while you're dreaming, and only while you're dreaming, you experience something called NPT. This stands for nocturnal penile tumescence. There you go. This is just a fancy term for having an erection while you're sleeping. That's right. When you dream, I get bigger. There you go. So how can you use me to trigger a lucid dream? Uh Uh-huh. Well, let me show you. Before going to bed... I put on this special belt. It's got magnets to hold it in place. It's got to be snug. it has got a belt, guys. Not too tight. Nope. Just oh, tried. and it's lightweight, so I can't even feel that I have it on. Okay, so now I'm ready to show you how it works. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And Action! See, so now he goes to sleep. This is how I am during most stages of the sleep cycle. Yeah, he's just bending over, kind of. When you enter the dream stage, floppy. commonly known as REM sleep. Now he's moving around I a little start bit, isn't getting he? Getting bigger. Yeah, he is. He's getting a little bigger. Not isn't only he? do I grow in length, yeah, but also in circumference. Uh huh. Somewhere between three quarters of an inch to an inch and a quarter. Okay. And this is very important for my belt to work. Yeah, it is. When the belt reaches the point where it can't hold me in anymore. Okay. It pops open. Oh. And this is when the magic happens. The opening action triggers the audio player, which sends an audio message to the earphones, telling you that you're dreaming, and prompting you to take control of your dream. And really, that's all it takes to trigger a lucid dream. Forget brainwave analysis, forget eye movement detection, and wearing computers on your head. Just a simple, reliable biological function was all we needed all along. And for all the women feeling left out, don't worry you actually experience the same type of phenomenon called NCT. My friend Tori will tell you all about it in an upcoming project. Tori, huh? So see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye now.
0: The NPT Lucid Dreamer, an elegant, simplistic, simple solution for men to control lucid dreaming. Now, okay. Now you're thinking, Chris, this is crazy. Now, if you're not familiar with lucid dreaming, uh, you know, Taking control of your dreams—everybody knows about that. But how you induce lucid dreaming? Well, there is everything from crazy drugs to whacked-out machinery to get you to be able to control your lucid dreaming. So their whole pitch here is: this is the this is out of all different ways to get you to lucid dream. This is basically the simplest, cheapest, doesn't require a lot of work, straightforward. You can just do it today. Your penis moves around when you sleep. Take advantage of that when the thing pops off. It triggers an audio message, and you initiate lucid dreaming. Now, uh, you know, yeah, they have other things, like, you know, you could try to do it through brain waves or sound and light trigger methods, um, all kinds. There's even beds that are meant to do it. Uh, but they have they have specially designed this ring for... Belt. Okay, not a ring, not a ring. <laughs> it's a belt. And they also, <laughs> like, I wonder, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how comfortable so, it is.
3: So, uh... This is a thing that when it comes to lucid dreaming, a lot of people, for example, that have very soft dreams, uh, I mean, that have uh, wake up easily. What right? about being soft? The <laughs> audio will probably just wake. We'll just probably wake them up. Yeah, uh, maybe. You're probably, just probably right. will probably wake them up. Yeah. Now, our... So our... When it comes to lucid dream, I'd say that just memorizing, like, repeat your, this question. Am I awake? Every time during the day, like every span of one hour, this gets so ingrained in you that you ask yourself these while you're sleeping. And you will answer differently while you're sleeping. RMH, have you, you,
0: you uh, have you ever played around with uh, lucid dreaming in any sense? Or uh, are you familiar with any of the techniques to kick it off? You say it sounds safer.
2: Well, I probably haven't uh, played around with it. But uh, just like Daredevil said, uh, there are several techniques to check if you're dreaming, if yeah. you repeat things uh uh, regularly, while you're awake, yeah. you're going to do them while you're sleeping, but there is the problem that some uh, mentally unstable people have uh, that they, uh, if they do this for too long, they don't know whether they are awake or not, and they actually think they are dreaming while they are actually awake, which can be very dangerous. And with this thing, thing, just telling you you are dreaming, you are dreaming, you know that you are dreaming only when you're dream dreaming, because when you are oh. awake, nobody will tell you you are dreaming.
0: Hmm. So they have an early bird price right now, $49, $49. You got, you know, I could back it. I could give it a shot. I could give you a review right here on the show. It's an early bird special. Only 76 left out of 100 because I guess not many people are backing the sleep ring here. Um, I think I'll back it. I think I'll back it. Yeah, I'll do it for you guys. I'm going to back it right now. I'm going to get the early bird special at 49 bucks just for you guys. Just please, hopefully, give us a late review and not a live review. Yeah, I won't. I won't be. I won't live stream that review. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm more. I'm thinking. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking. Uh, all of this just to play an audio message in my ears. Well, all right. We'll see how that goes. Uh, look, maybe you're not into lucid dreaming. Maybe you're like. Maybe you like really good content. Maybe you'd like to see more great content. Patreon.com/slash/today is where you can go to support the Jupiter Broadcasting Network. We're still sort of recouping from our Linux Fest Northwest endeavors. And so your support right now is more important than it has ever been. We really appreciate it because we need your help. Patreon.com slash today. That's where you can go to help us build like a little runway, a little budget predictability. And also like uh, tomorrow, I'm going to tell you more about this in a minute, but tomorrow I'm replacing a couple of key components in the studio. If it wasn't for this Patreon funding, we would not be able to replace those things after the expense. we we spent about $6,000 to go to Linux Fest. I'm I'm, that's my rough estimate right now. Angel, tell me if I'm wrong. But I think it's about $6,000. And so the idea that I need to go buy a $300 video capture device today and install it tomorrow, uh, that would break us. Um, but because of you guys, we're able to make it possible. Uh, Patreon.com slash today. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the network and all of the shows. You guys are the best. We really do. We do really make it possible. You guys really do make it possible, and we do the show to thank you. Now, uh, speaking of video hardware upgrades, if you go to jupiterbroadcasting.com calendar, a couple of things are going on that I want to make you aware of. Today, we're recording two episodes of TechSnap. And uh, we will be off next week because I'm going to be in studio replacing some hardware. And there won't be a uh, tech talk tomorrow because I'm also replacing some hardware in the morning. But there will be a Coda Radio in the afternoon tomorrow. So no live tech talk tomorrow, but there will be a Coda Radio at uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. <clears throat> It's a special Friday edition. Mike went to a build on Monday, and so we're going to get uh, his report. You can go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that stuff and all the other goodies when we make schedule changes. And we try to update it as fast as possible. So I won't see you tomorrow on Tech Talk, but I will see you on Coda Radio for a Friday edition. I'll be back on Tuesday for a new episode of Tech Talk Today. Don't forget you can help the show out at techtalktoday.reddit.com. You can also go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. There's been some great stuff in the subreddit this week, you get, this week has really been rocking some good stuff and some fun, like stuff that I didn't necessarily put in the show because it wasn't like news news, but like stuff that's still been really good to read, kind of like in the spirit of the show, which I don't know how, quite how to describe that, but you guys have been nailing it this week. Uh, so thank you very much. Now, we've been talking, our first story was about how the Five Eyes are working together as spy agencies do to try to get in, disrupt, and monitor. See, I prefer the vision of spies that I got as a kid, the ones where they had phones in their shoes, drove cool cars, and had crazy doors to go through. This will probably get us pulled off YouTube, but I thought this is the kind of spy I like to visualize. If we head off into the weekend, let's all think back to a simpler time. Thanks for being here today, everybody. See you back here on Tuesday for a new episode of Tech Talk Today. Bye now.